Hello and welcome to and let's be heard for Thursday, February 16th, 2023. I'm Mike Kachopoli. All right. How's everyone doing? Here we are Thursday night, getting close to the weekend, close to the weekend. We'll do a thumbs up for the weekend, another thumbs up for the weekend. Um, yes, so getting close to the weekend, but we have a couple of more shows this week, tonight and tomorrow night before we close out the week. And uh, what's on your mind? What is on your mind? There's a few things on my mind, as usual. As usual. Is there ever nothing on my mind? Well, not really. Not really. But... I think what's getting a lot of coverage, obviously, and what should be getting more coverage, actually, is is the uh, is the uh, train derailment in East Palestine, Ohio, and um, and the fact that people there can't drink their water. I, I just saw on, on Fox a woman in East Palestine went and, and put a vial. She she collected some water that was on a on a river, and it was like rainbow colored. It was like rainbow colored. <clears throat> and so, of course, they're being told to drink bottled water, which it's amazing how it's amazing how the elites think everything is so simple because they get things delivered by a postmate that everything's so simple for people like everyone lives. The elites believe because most of them are along the coast, especially the big cities. The elites believe that everyone can simply just get tons of bottled water maybe in five minutes, go down to the convenience store. Go down to the, I have a convenience store across the street from me here. And if I want a bottle of water, I think it's like $4 for a bottle of water. So go to the convenience store on the, the corner and buy three bottles for $10 or, or drive to a supermarket or walk to the supermarket or walk to a drugstore. But it's not the case. I just saw a woman on television who said she has two kids and East Palestine is very small. It's like 4,500 people. And she has no car right now. So she has to schlep a long way with her kid because she can't leave her kids at home alone. She's a single mother. Schlep with the kids to the store and then drag a, like a, 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 you know, a case of water uh, back home. So this is it's not so easy if people just to drink water, bottled water. And the point is they shouldn't have to drink bottled water. And now the other question is how long do they have to drink bottled water? Is it going to be a, two days, a week, a month? How long do they have to go and, and, and buy bottled water, which is a hassle for a lot of people? But the elites think it's just so simple. Just drink bottled water. Hey, if I were there, I'd drink bottled water. Well, you're not there because you're an elitist. You don't want to live in East Palestine. So you live in Cleveland, right? Or you live in Cincinnati or, uh, you know, or you live in a, a city on the coast, or New York or L.A. or San Francisco. Like I say, where you can walk across the street and get a bottle of water. So it's, 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 a, it's a disconnect. It's a, it's a total disconnect. You know, we have a transportation secretary who, who's a total ineffectual moron who, whenever they bring up this tragedy, all he can do is like a true – Pete Buttigieg is a true he, – he was like created in a lab. He was like created in a lab. A bureaucrat politician created in a – if you went into a lab and you try, wanted to create – remember that movie Weird Science where they created this gorgeous woman – well, let's let's say you went into a lab and you created this politician, this this bureaucrat, this per the perfect instead of the perfect woman. Let's say let's say you, you for some reason instead of deciding to create the perfect woman, you create the perfect bureaucratic politician. That would be Pete Buttigieg, right? All he does is 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 is, is repeat a litany 
of stats about how safe train travel is and how safe it is to 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 move these chemicals on trains and how, how rare it is. Something. That's not the point, you fucking idiot. The point is this happened. The point is this happened and the people need help. They don't want to go to you for fucking your stupid statistics. You pulled that of your bureaucratic asshole. And that's all he can do. That's all he can do is state statistics showing how great his how great he is and how great Joe Biden is. It's really amazing how the people who work for Biden kiss his ass as though he's like this genius spry 40 year old instead of this old disheveled demented 80 year old. Well, oh, Joe Biden's the best. Oh, Joe. What did Kareem Jean-Pierre said? He's the best communicator. <laughs> can you imagine calling Biden the best communicator in the White House? That's a pretty shitty White House. Let me tell you. If Joe Biden's the best communicator, but they kiss his ass, but they kiss his ass in such an unrealistic fashion. An unreal, say for, you know, you can do a little lie, say for his age, he's, he's doing pretty well, but at least qualify it, at least qualify your lie. Instead of saying something as ridiculous as he's the best communicator in the White House and Pete Bridges, the best Joe, Joe Biden's been the most productive president ever. I mean, shut up. Who believes this garbage except the ridiculous cult of Democrat? Who are you talking to? You're talking to like eight people? Who are you talking to? So they continue with this nonsense that this Biden's like this. Forget, don't, don't believe what you've seen over the past 26 months. What you've seen over the past 26 months isn't real. What you're actually seeing is a spry 40-year-old with an IQ of 200 who's really on the on the spot, talks right, doesn't 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 uh, mention people who are dead, ask them to come up to the podium, doesn't go to shake fake hands that aren't there, doesn't know, he's uh, totally aware how to get off the stage, even though it takes him 20 minutes to find the exit. This stuff doesn't happen. You don't see it. And this doctor's report he got today, it's horrible, but they, of course they spin it as being really good shape for an 80-year-old. No, no, no. I know 80 to 85-year-olds who are in much better shape than Joe Biden, certainly mentally. And this, um, this current uh, checkup is garbage. Total, total horseshit. Total horseshit. We see the guy declining cognitively. We see it. We see it. When you when someone just died like a month ago and you call them up to the podium or you mention them, say, please stand up and they're not you, you, you've lost it. Something's wrong. Something is not right. But they keep on doing this ridiculous spin job where it's like the, the, the most the most problematic thing about their spin jobs they do. The people around Joe Biden is they're basically just calling the rest of us assholes. They're calling the rest of us assholes. As though we're living in an alternate reality and we're not seeing the actual reality of the situation where this is a man in decline. This is a man month by month, year by year, in incredible cognitive and physical decline. That's what this is. But they want to spin that this guy can be present for another not two years, not four years, but six years till he's 86. What's he going to be doing Instead of instead of forgetting someone just died, what's he going to be? He's going to be seeing dead people, like poor Bruce Willis. It, it, it's 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 a very sad state of affairs. But the biggest problem with all of this is that it's like they spit in our faces when they say ridiculous things, like he's the best communicator ever, or he's the best president ever. It's the most productive president ever, the best communicator in the White House. This is it's laughable. It's absolutely laughable. To anyone with two eyes, two ears, and a fucking brain. 
And so you have his, his, his asshole transportation secretary just memorizing stats that, are, that are, of course, are spun anyway. There aren't even real stats. They're not act- it's not actual reality. It's, 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 it's spin. It's spin on the numbers. Democrats love putting spin on numbers. And that's what they do. They put the spin on the numbers to make it look good. But no one cares about your fucking numbers. Even if this, even if there was one train wreck like this every century, it fucking happened, you asshole. So we have him and we have this disaster and good for good on J.D. Vance for showing up and shoving it down the Democrats throats and this administration's throats. And I hope J.D. Vance is doing this for a very long time. Because someone really needs to waken these people up or, or forget about waking them up. At least wake up the voters. Wake up the voters. OK, and it's not just the Biden administration. It's not just those particular Democrats. It's also Republicans like Mike DeWine. But DeWine was the only real asshole Republican during all of COVID. Right. Most Republican governors during COVID were like Ron DeSantis, were more like Ron, weren't as good as Ron DeSantis, but were more like Ron DeSantis. But Mike DeWine was a to- was a- he could have been a Democrat during COVID. That's how much of an asshole, a dick he was during COVID with mandates. And he basically followed the Democratic playbook when it came to mandates, not the Republican playbook. Uh, Mike DeWine was a lot closer to Gavin Newsom when it came to COVID than Ron DeSantis. So he's a disaster. And um, he lied early on. You know, saying there was no problem with the air and the EPA has cut all the lies they tell, all the lies they tell. Yet, why don't you go and get a little bit of water from that river and drink it? Why don't you drink? Let's see you drink that tap water. Let's see you drink that tap water several times a day for the next week. Of course, they're not going to do it because they know it's poisoned. They know the air is poisoned. Remember, once again, they told us. They told us on 9-11, after 9-11, that air was fine. That was not, there were no carcinogens in that air. And so those first responders were down there day in, day out for hours and hours a day for what? Weeks, months, years. And now they're dropping dead of cancer over 20 years later. So we don't know what's going to happen 5, 10, 15 years down the line now. We don't know. We don't know. And I know the exposure hasn't been as long as with the 9-11 first responders. I understand that. These people aren't down there in the pit with the smoke working every day. But we don't know. We don't know. They can't give any straight answers how these chemicals are going to affect humans or animals in the long term. They have no answers for that. Zero answers. So at some point, someone's going to have to take the reins here and really figure out what's going on. Okay, and how to get these people back living normal lives again. And like one woman said, are we supposed to bathe in in bottled water? How do you bathe in bottled water? How many bottles do you need to bathe in bottled water for your entire family? So they have no choice but to bathe in the water. The people who are living there who can't afford to have don't have relatives elsewhere or can't afford to live in hotels. They are there bathing in that water. Can you imagine doing that? Can you imagine doing that? So, once again, the government fucks up, and who, who, who? 
suffers, the people. The people do, right? It's always the same situation. The people are the ones that end up suffering. And the elites say stupid things like, it's not just, uh, it's, I, what I heard one guy say, maybe it was a doctor. What's the big deal? You can buy, I, I don't see the big deal in drinking a bottle of water for a while. That's easy enough. Yeah, it's easy enough for him because he can walk to the corner and he can afford to go to the convenience store. Or he can and buy a bottle for three dollars. He can afford to take an Uber, or he has his Lexus to drive to the supermarket for a case. A lot of these people can't do that. A lot of these people simply cannot do that. So, this is going to be a a, a problem for quite a while. It's going to be a problem for quite a while, quite a while. But Mike Dewine and others, other politicians, are way too caught up in the 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 um the air and the water in Ukraine. Is the air and the water in the Ukraine safe for the Ukrainians? How much more money, how much more money are we going to send to Ukraine? That's what they that's what they're concerned about. That's what they're concerned about. You know, I just saw something that really bugged me and it was a uh was it the Ukrainian team? Was it like a baseball team? A bunch of kids or a young team? And I'm thinking to myself I don't get it. If the country's so war-torn, if the people are being destroyed, how at the same time do you send a, ba- a, a, a team around to play, a soccer team or whatever the fuck they are? How do you send a team around the world to play if your country's war-torn and everything's being destroyed? This reminds me of, of the COVID situation when they were talking about the hospitals being overrun. And at the same time, they're talking about the hospitals being overrun. We see nurses singing and dancing, right? You know, the nurses, the Busby Berkeley nurses, the, the Broadway nurses singing and dancing and doing tunes on YouTube in unison like they're professional fucking dancers. How do you do that when you're being overrun with death? I don't get it. How do you have time to do that? Does that, is that, is that a good look? Is it even, even like even like visually wise, right? Appearance-wise, is that a good look? To sing and dance while everyone's dying, supposedly? So it's the same bullshit. Well, you know, well, people in this country have no bullshit detector. There's such a low threshold for bullshit detection, or a high threshold, I should say, for bullshit detection in this country. You can't detect bullshit when doctors and nurses are supposedly overrun with patients, but there's time to do Busby Berkeley numbers where the Ukraine's being destroyed, but they can send sports teams around the world to play in tournaments. I, I, I don't get it. There's a total disconnect. Why? Because both things are bullshit. That's why. But I'm not saying total 100% bullshit, but it's, it's, it's played up to the point of a fever pitch when the reality isn't that. Okay, when the reality is not, but they want to get people on board, just like they wanted to get people on board with the COVID and mandates and all that. They had to play up that stuff and they want to get Americans on board with giving Ukraine billions and billions of dollars in a never ending war. They want to get people on board, so they have to play it up. And you can't play things up by saying, well, it's, you know, it's kind of like a bad cold, right? That wouldn't have worked. People would have said, okay, thank you. I'm going to work tomorrow. You can't get, you, you, you're not going to get people to get behind sending $85 billion to the Ukraine, while we have people here who, who have no homes, who are drug addicts, who are dying of fentanyl overdoses with open border. If you just say, well, it's a it's a minor it's a minor conflict, it's, it's a it's a minor conflict. 
you know, or or both sides have their issues. You're not going to get people on board. So you have to play it up as being evil Putin. Evil Putin destroying a evil, powerful Putin destroying a small country of wonderful people uh, and a government who's just uh, the underdog and just want to do good. I mean, it sounds idiotic. It sounds like a bad screenplay. But that's what they say. That's basically the way they play it. Right. Come on. Putin's evil and, and, and Zelensky's angel. They thus they play it. Come on. Let's call it what it is. That's how they play it. So. We're in a situation here now where the politicians aren't taking care of the people who vote for them. I mean, that's the simple, that's as simple, it's as simple as that. The people who voted, people voted for Mike DeWine, right? People voted for him. And yet the people who vote are not being taken care of by the people whose salaries they pay. And of course, then at the top levels of the government, the federal government, you've got total chaos. You have total chaos. Does Biden even, Biden has not even come out and talked about the China thing. He hasn't even come and talked about the, the chemical explosion. He hasn't talked about anything. <laughs> yeah, Daniel, sir. Daniel just put up a comment. John Fetterman hit the ground running, didn't he? He hit the ground all right. Face first. Face plan. We'll talk about him in a minute, but it's a it, that's more that's more electoral American electoral uniquely American electoral stupidity. Splat is right, but once again, <laughs> it's it's you know it's really really tough being right all the time. It's tough being right all the time. It really is. It's tough. Sometimes I wish I was one of those ignorant Americans on the wrong side all the time. Because being on the right side is, is, is a burden. It truly is. And so we were on the right side of COVID. We're on the right side of the Ukraine thing. We're on the right side of Fetterman being a disaster. All the stuff, uh, you know, of, of Biden's disaster administration, of his woke uh, identity politics, ridiculous hires that are disaster. We, we're on the right side of all this stuff. And it's unfortunate because there's so much destruction that has come from all this. Being on the... Being on the right side of all this is not it doesn't give me any real pleasure because there's so much destruction that's come from these people, these people in power being on the wrong side. You see, the people in power, most of them have been on the wrong side of everything. So they've destroyed us. They've destroyed the country. They've destroyed the economy. They've destroyed the morale. They've destroyed actual lives and livelihoods. They've destroyed everything by being on the wrong side. That's why it has no it take it, it, there's no pleasure in being on the right side. Because what good does it do in the end? What good does it do in the end? So, you know, staying in line with loser politicians. Look, look, part of me, believe it or not, part of me feels bad about Fetterman. That this guy is a total disaster, right? He had a stroke. He just had something else happen, which now because he went into uh, the, the uh, facility for, for depression may have been an anxiety attack. Who knows? Um, because he said it wasn't a stroke. Remember, he was just in the hospital last week for two days and they said it wasn't a stroke. It could have been an anxiety attack because um, now he's in the ho- Now we went for treatment for depression. But we talked about this. We talked that he was not 
it's not bullshit. It's not low when you it's not it's not it's not a low blow when you talk about fitness. When you talk about fitness, let me tell you, that is something that I considered in the past when I ran for office. And I consider it now if I was going to run for I'd say, am I physically fit enough to run for office? Could I do the job? Right. Could I run for something like president, let's say, or Senate, where you have to really be on the campaign trail all the time? Normally, now we know the, the Democrats have gotten used to hiding people. So they hid Joe Biden. They hid Fetterman. They'd known because they hid Joe Biden and he won. They hid Fetterman and he won. So Democrats have a new thing now where they know they can just hide people and win because their voters are so lowbrow and ignorant. They'll vote for him because they have a D next to their name. Or they'll attack a guy like Oz because supposedly he did a, 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 a you know a workout pill. It didn't work. It's just so stupid, idiotic. You know, but it's... um. It's to the point now, though, where it is it, it is an issue when you talk about someone's health. When someone's 80 years old, it's not out of line to talk about are they physically and mentally fit enough to do the job of, of, be, of having power over 330 million lives. OK, this is not he's not apply. He's not an 80 year old who's applying to be a Walmart greeter, even an 80 year old who's applying to be a Walmart greeter. They're going to want to know they're in shape to do it. Walmart's not going to hire them unless they're in physical or in cognitive enough shape to do that job. Think about that. Walmart won't hire an 80-year-old if they feel they're not physically able or cognitively able to do the job of greeting people. And they have every right to make that assessment. Yet when it comes to president of the United States, we're like, oh, that doesn't matter, you age-phobe. You age-phobe. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If he was 106, you can't say anything. It's any this is this is bat crap crazy lunacy. It's bat crap crazy lunacy. And so we have a situation with John Fetterman where the guy was immensely overweight, obese, morbidly obese, and had a stroke. Had a stroke during the primary. And people like myself said this guy is not fit. He's not physically fit, physically, mentally, any way fit to be senator. He wasn't physically fit to run for senator, which is why he only did one debate and hid the rest of the time. And look at that one debate. And um, and he wasn't physically fit to do the job. It's a very it's a very trying job. You have to travel. Right. So you have to travel from where is he? Pennsylvania to D.C. You have to travel back and forth, travel back and forth, travel back and forth. This is not like jobs that most people have these days where they just work from home. You have to travel a lot. A lot look, there have been long hours sometimes. Sometimes when you're doing debates and stuff, look at the house speaker thing where you're working till one, two in the morning. So it's not that I know people like to say, oh, they have 110 days off. Yeah, they do have a lot of days off. But in, when they're working, it's very trying. A lot of travel, a lot of hours, a lot of stress. And so this is not like something that's easy to do. And I think. Physical fitness, mental fitness matters. And so those of us that said he's not physically fit, not mentally fit, look at the debate, look at how he talks. We were called bigots, right? Oh, you're a bigot. Oh, you're making fun of someone who's sick. How dare you? And then what happens? Okay, he wins and he ends up in the hospital a month later. And then a week after that, he's in a clinic for depression. Now, why is he fucking depressed? He just won. 
He just became Senate. He became one of 100 U.S. senators. He's making 200 grand a year, more money than the guy's ever made in his entire life. Right. The guy's probably going to make one more money in, in like his four term, his four years in the Senate that he's made in his entire life up until now. What is he depressed about? What is he depressed about? Obviously, he's very depressed because he went into the fucking clinic. He checked himself in to Betty Ford. But what the people who voted for him? He's one of two senators from Pennsylvania. What are they? What what product did they get? The guy was in, was the guy worked for a month, and then he goes into the hospital. And we told you this was going to happen, but he also lied, and the Democrats lied. Fetterman didn't just become depressed because he became senator. Fetterman didn't just become you don't become depressed over a thirty day period to the point where you end up in in in, in a clinic. He was he this depression had to be a a, a very long term thing. That's been around for years. Did he disclose that? Did he disclose that? No, of course he didn't. Of course he didn't. In fact, he lied. He said, come January, when he takes office, he'd be almost 100% better. That's what he said. You want me to play the clip? Back in September, October, he said, by January, when I'm officially in office, I'll be about 100% again with the I'm getting. Not only is not 100% with the physical condition, but now we find out that he's also depressed and he has to go into Betty Ford. Daniel says, usually people are hospitalized for depression when they attempt or contemplate suicide. Well, I don't know. Yeah, or it was such to the point where he wasn't going to show up to his job, right? You stay in bed, you lay in bed, you don't want to get out of bed. It could have been that too. I mean, he could have gone in on his own or he could have been forced to go in. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is he didn't become depressed last week. He didn't become depressed because he won. He was depressed long before that, but never disclosed it. He was depressed. He barreled through the the primary by hiding and only having one one-hour debate. And he won. And the people are not getting what they're getting, what they're paying for. Right. The people aren't getting what they're paying for. They're not getting a functioning U.S. senator. Is this guy ever going to be a functioning U.S. senator? But this is why health matters. This is why everyone running for this high, high office that is so high, makes so much money and is so powerful, has such power over the lives of people. need to take these phys- not just physical exams, but cognitive. They need to pass physical and cognitive exams. And if they can't, they should not be able to run. Period. They should not be able to run. Like I said, why does it not matter for president, but it matters for Walmart greeter? There have been a lot of businesses that would not have hired Fetterman after that stroke. Would have said, get help, get better, then come back once you're better. And they have every right to say that. But why for U.S. Senator does it not matter? Why? Why is it that reality doesn't matter anymore? That when a guy is so fucked up for a debate for an hour that he can't put three words together, that he has to read off a screen, his answers. Why why are we living in this alternate universe where that's okay? And I'll answer my own question. It's part of wokeness. It's part of wokeness. 
No, man, you got to feel for these people, man. It's woke, man. You're not woke enough, man. Come on. In this woke day and age, that should be a in, in this woke world we live in. People believe that these things are actually prerequisites. If you have a deficit, like you have a stroke or you have a cognitive issue, if you're demented, if you're 100 years old, these are actually positives. These are actually things you should vote for. It's really backwards. It's this backwards reality. And that's why it's not fun to be right all the time. Because when you're living in, when you're living in the real world, in reality, and everyone else around you is in a different alternate reality, it feels very weird. Even though you know you are normal. <laughs> as normal as you might, you know, I'll put normal in quotes. And everyone else is crazy. That doesn't make you feel any better because you're surrounded by crazy people. You're surrounded by lunatics. So, like I said, it almost is, it's almost like an invasion of the body snatchers where it's almost easier just to give in, right? And be body snatched and become one of them. Become one of the ever-growing majority of lunatics in this country than be in, 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 the, in the sane minority and be surrounded by this craziness. So I, I'm, I'm in a car tonight and I'm riding down, riding down to the movie theater and I look up. This is about four or five blocks from my apartment. And I'm looking at the side of a building and I see a face on the side of the building, a portrait. <clears throat> and it's Greta Thunberg. So there's this huge monstrosity portrait of Greta Thunberg's frowning face on the side of a building in San Francisco. And so I take a photo of it and I, and I put it on Twitter and I say, look at this. This is, this is where I live. This is, this, it's, it's, it's so sick out there and getting sicker. And I really got to get out of this place. That's what I put on Twitter. And I put the, the photo and, and people couldn't believe people in San Francisco could believe it. But people outside San Francisco can't believe it. And this is what I talk about, about living in a, in a crazy house, right? In a normal world. Well, I don't believe in putting the portrait of anyone on the side of a building. I think it's idiotic. By the way, it's not a cult, by the way. The left is not the, the climate change worshipers, the climate change nut jobs. It's not a cult. They just put portraits of, of, a, of a teenage girl on the side of buildings because it's not a cult. Nothing cultish about it at all. But so they put this ridiculous monstrosity on the side of a building. And what is it? It's, it's absolute virtue signaling. It's virtue signaling, right? Do we see Greta Thunberg in Ohio? Did she travel to East Palestine? Does she care about that? Is that not an environmental issue? Something that's obviously... In the short term, medium term, and long term, an environmental catastrophe. Obvious. Obvious. Much more obvious than their 0.12.11111 percentage climate uh, uh, degree change per 10 years shit that they talk about. Much more obvious and realistic and reality than their the world's gone in 10 years that they talk about every 10 years. They say 10 years. Every 10 years, 10 years from now, the world's gone. Well, 50 years later, the world's still here. So this is real. This is like real life reality. Is she down there? No, no, because they believe they, 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 they're against pipelines where you can where you can much safer, where you can much more safely transport chemicals than on a fucking train. This is this is, you know, you know, what, you know what transporting chemicals on a train in the United States of America in 23 is like. It's like the wages of fear. You ever see that movie, The Wages of Fear? 
where they have this rickety truck and they're carrying this, this, this explosive material and it's going through like these roads that are unpaved and you're on the edge of your seat the whole time because you're worried things are going to fucking explode. That's what it's like in America in the 21st century to trans- transport chemicals on a train where trains can't go around curves 30 miles an hour without derailing. So it's much safer. Is it perfectly safe, the pipeline? No, there is some pollution involved, but it's much safer than what just happened in Ohio. There's, you know, there's a movie coming out. I've been seeing a trailer for this movie, and it's called um, how, to, how to Blow Up a Pipeline, something like that. Yeah, How to Blow Up a Pipeline. I know it sounds like a scary. I have to see the film, but the film is basically about these radical, well, these people. I, I don't know. How, I have to see the film before I know how it portrays these people. But it's coming out of Hollywood, so it very well could be, you know, they could be actually exalting these people. It's, it's a group of young people who decide they want to blow up a pipeline that's running through their town because of the environment, because it's polluting their environment. So they see themselves as not being terrorists, but as being good people because they're blowing up this tyrannical pipeline. So I do want to see how the film portrays it. But that's how a lot of these people like Greta Thunberg feel, Right. Yet they have perf- no problem at all with these chemicals being transported on these trains on tracks from 1820, <clears throat> where it's just a disaster waiting to happen. And there have been what? I think five derailments of different magnitudes over the last week or week and a half. Five. So she's full of shit. We know that. We know that. She wanted to become a celebrity. This is what we're seeing now. It's not just from the left. It is mostly from the left, but we're seeing this a lot with young people now, where there was a time not too long ago, you actually had to have a talent. You had to have a skill to be important, especially at such a young age. You had to be a great actor, great actor, right? You had to be maybe a great scientist, invent something, do something positive in order to be, you know, uh, popular at 17, 18 years old. But now it's much easier, right? Right now you can go on TikTok or Instagram and just do stupid things, fart with your fart with your, you know, your hand under your armpit or or Greta Thunberg, which is basically what she's doing is farting with her hand under her armpit. She's not doing anything positive. It's all bullshit. It's all this globalist climate nonsense. This elite is nonsense. And she's portrayed as this young heroine. Oh, who's going up against or going up against the gas and oil companies once again. It's a fake, phony, fraudulent narrative. It's a fake, phony, fraudulent narrative from the left to exalt someone and to get people to get morons. I understand the artist. Someone responded on my Twitter saying the artist who who painted that is a Chilean uh, artist from Chile who painted that thing. And it's this huge left-wing virtue signal. Look at our city. We have a we have a portrait of Greta Thunberg. Aren't we woke? Aren't we the best? Aren't we so woke and and uh, and virtuous? You know what we're gonna do in the building next to that? We're gonna we're gonna do a portrait of the of the new gay rainbow flag that causes that causes epileptic fits. Uh, we're, then we're gonna on the building next to that we're gonna have the ooh blue and yellow, blue and whatever the fuck gold the Callers of the Ukraine. We'll put that on the building next to that. So we'll have three consecutive buildings. The rainbow flag, the Ukrainian flag, and Greta Thunberg's face. 
And the world will see how virtuous San Francisco is. The world will see how, how enlightened we are here. Well, it's the opposite of woke. It's asleep. It's the opposite of enlightened. It's in the dark. It's, it, it's, it's promoting fake profits. It's promoting fake profits. Now, someone told me that that portrait's been there for like months, for years. I can't believe that. Maybe it has been. I don't, I can't believe it has been. Maybe I've blocked that in my brain. Maybe I saw it once and I just blocked it out because I don't want to deal with it. But I don't know exactly how long it's been there. But it'll probably be there forever. It'll probably be there forever. Like I said, there are a million people who I would rather see painted on the side of a building than Greta Thunberg. But in a perfect world, I don't want anyone's face on the side of a building. That's not what the side of buildings are for, people's faces. And it's also so it, – it's a, see, they'll, they'll say that's woke and open-minded, but it's actually very closed-minded, isn't it? Because that's the assumption is. The assumption is everyone loves this chick. That's the assumption, right? Well, I guess they have – there's, 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 there's some credence that assumption in a place like San Francisco where so many people are lunatics. But not everyone does. I, I don't like her. I don't like her. So – but here's the thing. Here, here's the double standard, the hypocrisy of the left. The city has no problem with a Chilean artist drawing Greta Thunberg on the side of a building, right? Could I could I put Ron DeSantis' face on the side of a building? You think they let me do that? You think so? How about not that I'd want to, but some people might. How about Jesus? How about Jesus on the side of a building here in San Francisco? Would they be open minded to that? Yeah. No. I know. You you guys get it. They're not open-minded. The liberals aren't open-minded. They're the most closed-minded racist people around. They're open-minded if you agree with them, right? Don't you love Greta? Oh, I love Greta. Oh, I love passing. Every time I go to work or to the store, I love seeing Greta's frowning face on the side of a building. Okay, fine. My building, I want to put Ron DeSantis. My building, I want to put Jesus. People who listen to this broadcast know that I think Ron DeSantis is Jesus. <laughs> but it, it's it, – you see what I'm saying? I wouldn't have the right to do that. Or if I did it, I would be chastised. I'd be, I'd be the lead story on the 5 o'clock news because it's not open-minded. Democrats, liberals are the most hypocritical, closed-minded, racist people around. Once again, you agree with them, great. You don't, go to hell. That's basically what it comes down to. No. It's not even go to hell. Yes, it is go to hell. You're a bad person, which is, once again, the difference between the right and the left. I've been on both sides. I've been involved with groups on both sides. The right will not always, will not always agree with you, but they don't think you're an evil, satanic, disgusting person, a bad, evil person, if you don't agree with them. But the left does. If you don't agree with them, you're not just disagreeing. You're an evil person. You're a racist. You're a xenophobe. You're a homophobe. You're a disgusting, evil person, and they don't want to deal with you. And that's the difference. And it's a huge difference. Because one side you can have a conversation or a discussion or an argument with, even a passionate, heated argument with. The other side you can't because they don't want to hear it. They block you. Like a child, they put their hands on their ears and yell. They don't want to hear you. That's the problem. That's a disconnect because we can't get anywhere if we can't have these discussions 
or even heated arguments. So there's a lot more to talk about about the Ohio problem. There's a lot more to talk about when it comes to um, uh, the closed-mindedness of the left. But staying on that track, this is a story that was written today. And this is from, this is a story that's written in ABC 7 News out of New York. Oh, sorry. I hate these where these videos just pop up and then you can't shut them up, right? They just pop up these videos. They're so obnoxious that you, they come up with the sound on right away. Don't you hate that? When you're looking at a story and all of a sudden all these pop-up videos and then half the time it's like a mystery. You don't know where the sound's coming from because there were like seven videos on the screen. So obnoxious. Why is the internet so obnoxious? But this is a story out of Channel 7, ABC, okay? California's population has dropped by more than half a million people in, in just the last two years. Now, remember, this is being written by a, a left-wing media outlet out of New York. So they're not going to give the actual reasons. But this, these are facts, and even their facts aren't real facts. When, when the left-wing media says California's population drops by more than a half million in two years, it's, it's probably three or four times that amount. And remember, I've said this many times on this show. You can't track everyone that leaves. Some people don't. Some people here don't have jobs. They don't have. A, maybe they have a place to live. Maybe they don't. Maybe they're living with a relative. How do you know if they've left or not? There's no trace of them. And then on top of that, then there's also people who want to leave who can't, like myself. So this is like the low ball number. The low ball number is that California's population dropped by more than half a million people in the span of two years. Now, they say there's a few reasons. <clears throat> and the first reason they give is the decision to leave were partly fueled by the COVID-19 pandemic, including new opportunities for people to work from home. Okay, that is partially true. If I was a fact checker, I'd say partially true. It is. Now, this new normal of people working from home, why live in an expensive city like San Francisco, right? If you don't have to go to work there, you can work for a company here and work in Idaho or Iowa or, or, you know, or Utah or Vegas where your rent is going to be much less and you might get the same salary if your company agrees to it, but you're paying less in rent. So why not? Yes, that's partially true. But when they say fueled by COVID-19 pandemic, including new opportunities, people to work from home, that's just one thing out of the COVID-19 pandemic that's driven people out. The other part is no freedom. Okay, they left here. They left California and New York for Florida and 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 Texas because those states were open and free and California and New York were closed in prison, prison like. That's the main reason why people left. You won't see that in a story written by the legacy media, but that's the real reason. Everyone I've spoken to who has left, that's their reason. They wanted freedom. I'm seeing it on television all the time on Fox. Why have I left California? Why? Because freedom. Because I wanted free because as Jennifer Say said, the former head of Levi's, she said she left because she wanted her kids to be able to go to school. So people left for that reason, meaning freedom, freedom to go to school, freedom to go out, freedom to have a business. Those are all reasons why people left. OK. Also, the high cost of living in California drove people. Out. I just mentioned that that's true. But remember, the high there's been a high cost of living here. For, there wasn't just a high cost of living here before COVID until COVID. Right. It didn't start with COVID. It's not over the last two years. 
the cost of living has always been extremely high here. So once again, that's partially true. But it was compounded by the fact that there was no freedom here. But why have a high cost of living? Why pay through the roof, through the wazoo, if there's no freedom to live life? There's no more amenities because everything's closed. The cost of housing and rent in the three coastal counties, L.A., Orange, and San Diego, has gotten ridiculously high. I'll add San Francisco. Anecdotally, Riverside-based Burgess Moving and Storage GM Ed Calejo has heard similar reasons for people leaving. The main reason is people are looking for where their money goes a little further than here. The L.A. metro area, which includes L.A. and Orange County, saw the second largest net loss in households and businesses in recent years. There were nearly 400,000 more address changes away from the area than into the area. That's according to U.S. Postal Service change of address data from 2018 through the end of 2020. The area with the largest net loss was metropolitan New York with more than 800,000. Other areas with large losses include Chicago, San Francisco, and Boston. Hey, but another thing that this ABC7 in New York is not making the connection is an obvious connection. Let me ask you, if you're a reporter and you're writing this, the, the, uh, the, I'll do it. The, the, the area with the largest net loss was New York City. Other areas include Chicago, San Francisco, and Bo- what, what am I writing about? What's the connection? They're all extreme lefty Democrat blue cities, but you won't see that in this article. They won't say that. They'll name the cities. But they won't put two and two together. While a loss of nearly 400,000 households and businesses is significant, it's important to note that many of these areas are some of the most populated in the country. There are more than 4 million households in L.A. Metro alone. Among the areas were Gaines, Phoenix, Houston, and the Inland. So here we go again. Phoenix is changing a little bit. But you're talking about Arizona, Texas, and Inland Empire, California, which is very conservative, like Orange County, Anaheim. But once again, they don't put two and two together. They don't say. So people basically people are leaving Democrat cities for Republican cities. That's what's happening. People are leaving blue states for red states. They're not allowed to write that. With all the warehousing that's growing in the area and the cost of gas, people are moving to the Inland Empire and staying there. Traditionally, Kello said more people move to the Inland Empire but still commute to places like Orange County to work, but that's changing. We're seeing a lot of people – Stay in the empire, not commute as much, maybe working remotely. Housing and logistics, housing and logistics and e-commerce have helped make the Inland Empire one of the fastest growing areas in the state. Uh, So, yeah, this is more about the Inland Empire. There is a political, here, here, they finally a quote here. There's a political dimension to this. In the states people are moving to tend to be quite conservative. In a lot of places they're leaving to tend to be yeah, – there's a political dimension to this. In the states that people are moving to tend to be quite conservative. In a lot of places they're leaving tend to be pretty liberal communities. Okay. Thank you. Finally, in the last paragraph, they say the truth, but they're not saying why. Why? Sarah Huckabee Sanders put her finger on it. This is why. Once again, they won't write this. They're leaving – lunatic crazy houses they're leaving they're leaving outdoor insane open air insane asylums for normalcy that's what they're they're leaving crazy they're leaving crazy and they're heading to normal and you can picture on the highway an arrow that says normal that way with an arrow that's where they're going they're leaving crazy town and they're heading to normalville daniel my compadre in crazy town how are you I'm okay. I just want to talk a little bit about Fetterman's admission. Um, sure, go ahead. 
those that are hospitalized for depression usually fall into one of three categories, um, only two of which um, really would possibly apply to Fetterman. The, the first is that um, they um, are, are, and this is the most common, um, are deemed by um, the, the the hospital staff, the physicians and possibly nursing staff, when um, talking to family members, that they are a threat to themselves or to family members. That is, they're contemplating suicide or threatened suicide or threatening to hurt other people. That's the number one reason for, for admission. Um, a, another reason for admission is when people are they're alone and they're depressed and, and because of their um, ma- because they're undergoing major depression they can't, simply can't take care of themselves that's not the case with Fetterman he's got a family there that can they can take down so that cri- that criteria is not being applied here the last one is which is far less common is that they need to receive care in hospital that they can't receive outside of the hospital and and that usually means uh, electroconvulsive therapy because you have to go in, you're, you're admitted the night before, you're, you're, you're in the OR with an anesthesiologist and a neurologist, and they have to intubate you and put you under general anesthetic, et cetera, give you neurobuscular blocking agents. You can't breathe. That's why they have to intubate you, and then they shock you, and then you're around for observation for a while after that, and then, and then you go home. So really only two of those, the last one and the first one, could possibly really apply to in Fetterman's case. Um, so he is, he's not doing well. Um, and, and, and like you, um, I feel for the guy. He was, he, he shouldn't have been in, in this race in the first place. It was obvious that he was not fit, um, mentally or physically. And he was, he was pushed into this by people that were more interested in holding on to the state, holding on to that seat than they were in this man's life and well being. Well, and as Clay Travis just wrote, I was looking up a little bit about Fetterman here, and it says, you know, like like I said, there's no shame in receiving treatment for this, and I kind of feel awful for him, but he has no business in politics right now. He isn't healthy enough physically or mentally for the job. Just said this was ever allowed to happen by his family, staff, media, and Democrats, exactly what you just said. So the statement from his office says, last night, Senator John Fetterman checked himself into the Walter Reed National Medical Center to receive treatment for clinical depression. While John has experienced depression on and off throughout his life, uh, it only became severe in recent weeks, they claim. On Monday, John was evaluated by Dr. Brian Monahan, the attending physician of the United States Congress. Yesterday, Dr. Monahan recommended inpatient care at Walter Reed. John agreed, and he was receiving treatment on a voluntary basis. After examining John, the doctors at Walter Reed told us John is getting the care he needs and will soon be back to himself. Um, but as Clay Travis said, and as you just said, he has really no business being a senator right now. There's no reason why he couldn't have recovered from the stroke, gotten the help he needed for depression, and if it all worked out, run for Senate in six years, the young guy, or run for another office in two years, right? But he had to run for this office in 2022, right? He had to. He had to. He had to be elected. The Democrats said he had to be elected in 2022. Well, this is what you get. This is this is the epitome of selfishness. You could you could say it's selfish on his on his uh, for him, he, he's selfish, but also his family is selfish, and the Democrats were selfish because they cared about the seat and not about his well being. Once again, it's not like the guy is eighty five years old where it was now or never. He could have gotten the help he needed, 
physically and mentally and run for office again in the near future. Yeah, he should have been encouraged by everyone. Most um, certainly should have been encouraged by his wife to simply not do it. Um, I can't really imagine a a wife that actually cared about their husband, cared for their husband to say, no, you, you can't do this. I just can't imagine that, that a, a, a caring partner wouldn't have said, you know, please don't do this. This is, you're not ready for this. It's not going to be good for your health. I am worried about you. Um, this is, you know, and then, and then say exactly what you said, you, you know, get, get well and you'll have other opportunities. I just, but, in, but instead she did, she didn't, she didn't put her foot down. Um, the rest of his, or his family, his parents, they didn't apparently stop them, um, try to stop them. This is, this is just from the family level alone. It's just so dysfunctional. When it comes to politics, God, the dysfunction is always off the charts there. But the fact that the Democrats were encouraging him, you know, at a time when this guy really needed to get healthy. I mean, that's just it's it's just awful. I mean, it's just awful from so many perspectives for this man. I feel for him. Um, but I'm, but I, I don't want to uh, spend too much time dwelling on uh, on that because I mean, the, the same people have done so much harm to to tens or not hundreds of millions in this country and billions in this world. So, you know, John, John Fetterman, you know, poor guy, but um, I'm, I'm more worried about what his party did to the entire freaking world. Well, it was, it was, it was, he deceived us and the party deceived us and his family deceived us. Yeah. You know, they, they, they just pushed it off as a short term thing, the stroke. And he said himself, by the time January comes around, he's officially a senator. He'll be near 100 percent. And obviously he's nowhere near 100 percent. And now he has other problems. So it, he lied. They lied. They lied. OK, he knew his, he knew he wouldn't be 100 percent back from his stroke, if ever. Many doctors say never. And um, and he lied about having this depression problem, because, like I said, it didn't just spring up. They had to cover their ass. By saying it's gotten worse since he, it's gotten worse since he won. It's gotten worse since he he, he became one of a hundred senators and is getting no, a hundred thousand dollar check every year. So they yeah, had but, to look. They, they had to cover it up by saying that when they know well, that's they possible. Well sure. Yeah, that, that, that's definitely possible. It's definitely possible that it got worse um, as soon as he um, some, some of the stress for, from running um, wore off. Um, it's very common, for for example, for you mean the high of running? Yeah, basically. I mean, you're, you're charged up. You're in a different space, um, uh, headspace at that time. And, and things things are just different. You evaluate things differently. It's very common for, for schizophrenics, for example, who have a high um, rate of suicide. Um, they they don't commit suicide when they're in a, when they're in a florid psychotic state. Um, they tend to commit suicide when they uh, start to approach something that is similar to to abnormal to normality, yeah. um, and and you know so he's going through this high stress abnormal state of 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 running for an office and he's just in this entirely different headspace. Once that settles down and he's back into the regular rhythm of life, that is actually when you would expect somebody to start contemplating suicide that was predisposed for it because maybe they had a history of, of, of mental problems or they've got bad um, uh, chronic uh, disease problems that are setting them up for depression. Um, but, you know, either, either way, um, he, they, every, everyone around him did, did the poor guy a, a disservice. 
But like I said, I'm not going to dwell too much on, on poor Fetterman because the very same people did our entire world a disservice. Um, yes. No, it's once again, I, I don't I, I see what you're saying. OK, I kind of get it. But also, I don't I don't believe one thing they say anymore. So when they say this got worse since he took office, I, I don't know. I don't I don't believe them. But the problem is, is that also this on and off depression thing is kind of a lie. Uh, if you if you're if you're clinically depressed, it's not on and off. Like you said, though, oh, oh, it, you, it's, it, no, no, it, like it, you it, said, it, though, you can have times where you're working, you're, you're in a high and you're kind of putting it to the side and you're putting it on another shelf. But you have depression. You know, you don't have depression today and don't have depression tomorrow. And then you're depressed, clinically depressed a week from now and a week, a week later, you're not clinically depressed. That's not the way it works. Well, people aren't, yeah. well, people aren't people. People once they slide into major depression and have that that first diagnosis of major depression, they don't stay depressed for the rest of their entire lives. People, the, it's, it's you know, it's much like you know, it's it's much you like any. Help for it though, you got to get help for it at some point if it gets bad enough. Well, there's there's very little you can do actually for people that um, are depressed except for preventing them from hurting themselves or others. Um, talk therapy doesn't work. Um, uh, every every um, uh, um, well, but every, I, I, from my every experience, medication, every medication you know, that we have I I for depression yeah. doesn't work. Some, well, no, but I mean, look, there have been plenty of people who, who look, I think there have been plenty of cases of talk therapy combined with med- medicine has worked. No, no, actually, it doesn't. Uh, there's been plenty of studies that have been done over the last 10 years that's that showed that um, neither talk therapy or um, medications or uh, the two combined actually do any good. It's it's really sad because everyone had so much had such high hopes about twenty years ago, um, especially. Wait a minute! You're saying you're saying in the year twenty twenty three that depression is not curable. Yeah, the the the, the most know. important the I, most I important them. thing when it I comes to doctors who disagree with that, I believe there are plenty of doctors, and I can count my ex wife as one of them that um, prescribe antidepressants like they're candy, but it's become become very very. Um, apparent and and the people in the neuroscience community who I work so closely with are are far more <clears throat> up to date on what is going on with um, um, uh, antidepressives um, and talk therapy than people in the medical community are. They're 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 just far 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 more attuned with the literature on uh, on that. And and yeah, I. Talk, so, what, talk, so what are they doing from Walter Reed then? What's he doing at Walter Reed? What's going on there? What's going it, on there? He, 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 may be, he may be there um, and, and they're just ob- observing him and just trying to keep him in a so-called safe space so that he doesn't hurt himself or hurt others. That is the major reason for hospitalization. And that works. I mean, that works to, to keep people um, away from killing themselves to some extent. What happens is... Is there is there there's kind of a bimodal distribution of when people are are most likely to attempt suicide when when depressed and unfortunately one of the the, the peaks is about a week after being released fr- from hospitalization so when Fetterman gets released and, and like I said it's the, the most likely thing reason that he's been um, hospitalized in the first place is because he, either he's threatening members of his family or he's threatening his own life. When he gets released, that first week afterward is going to be the most dangerous week for him and his family. And 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 that's and that's you know it's basically I mean that's that's why people are hospitalized is simply to put them in a space where they can't hurt themselves or, or hurt somebody else. 
antidepressants, they don't work. It's really sad. So many people had such high hopes for, especially for serotonin uptake inhibitors, but they did not do the job. I mean, there was there was such major hyperbole and hype about uh, uh, serotonin uptake inhibitors. It was amazing. There was a movie made about it by some woman that was um, clinically depressed, and she went to the manufacturer to visit um, the manufacturer of these uh, serotonin uptake inhibitors, like Zoloft, and um, and you know she just she went there to basically thank them for saving her life, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Five years later, major studies come out saying, yeah. Nope, they don't work. Nope, not a bit. Compared to placebo, do not work. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I know people who, who say they had very bad depression and then they got better. So yeah, I because that's what happens with depression naturally. You get better. It, and you, you can dip into it and out of it. And then you can be, you can never have a bout. For the, you can have one bout in your 20s, your 30s, you know, and want to kill yourself. And then it never happens again for your rest of your life. No. Well, the fact of the matter is, is that the bottom line is this guy was not fit to run. No, he wasn't. And, and everyone around him should, should, like, should have seen that. Just like Biden isn't fit to run again. Yeah. So. And, 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 yeah and, and, you know, before, you know, when the, when the election was going on, everyone was saying this about Fetterman. He's not fit to run. It's not fit to run. Um, and, and as everyone's talking about Biden uh, possibly running again, everyone's saying, no, he's not fit. He's not going to make it. So, and I keep on saying this over and over again, if people, as people argue about whether Biden should run or not, I just laugh because he's, I said, he's not going to run again. He can't, he's, just, he's simply not going to make it. Well, this, this late, did you see his latest medical today? I mean, it, even, even trying to sugarcoat it, there's, there's a lot of really bad things in there. Well, was, well, no, I didn't, I didn't see it. What, what, what that was there? Um, he has something wrong with his spine, help that makes him not walk well. Uh, I, I think they said maybe he might have AFib or something like that. Uh, let's oh. see if I can look it up. Biden, Biden doctor report. Did did, did they say whether he had? Was this the first time the AFib was seen? Uh, Trump's White House doctor alleges Biden's physical was a cover up. Oh, well, that's interesting. Oh, but the doctors, of course, call him fit for duty. Hey, he's fit for duty. He's fit for duty. Says the White. Yeah. Fit for duty. They're all saying the same thing. Fit, straightforward, and fit did, did, for duty. Did they say whether the AFib was a new finding? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Washington, a healthy, vigorous, 80-year-old male. One small lesion was removed from his chest uh, during the we presented. Biden's routine physical takes on extra scrutiny. Octogenarian was the second term. I don't know. Oh, the biopsy or uh, neurological exams. You listen to this. Neurological exams shows no brain disorders or motor weakness. Do we believe that? Do we believe did that? They, oh, did, they give him a, did they give him a mental status exam? Did they say anything about that? He went. He went. He underwent an extremely detailed neurological exam that O'Connor. Well, no, said no, that, that, that's probably just a, the clinical exam where they're checking upper motor neuron and lower motor neuron problems. Yeah, they were et cetera, looking cetera, for but, they were looking for brain or central neurological disorders such as stroke. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's, 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 that's that's different than a mental status exam. The, the mental status exam would be probing whether he, he has memory loss, whether he is has dementia, essentially. Um. The exam- if, if it's, so if they say he's, he, he, he went through a neurological exam, there's many, what I'm telling you is there's many components to the neurological exam. And, 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 and the one that's, is, that assesses um, your, your faculties um, is, is the, is the, what they sometimes call it the um, mini 
minty mini mental status exam i can't remember it, or it used to be called the blessed exam or blessed test um, and I, but i think they changed that to the mini or something and anyway i don't remember what it's called now but um this is different than than, than going to the, the there's a whole bunch of stuff you do when you do it now, like, like, i heard rumors things. there was afib but i'm not reading anything in the official report about uh, yeah. about so that's good. We don't want him to have that. But here it is. The, the exam did show a mild peripheral neuropathy in both feet. O'Connor said Biden did not just demonstrate any motor weakness, the physician said, but showed a subtle difference in heat-cold sensations. Um, what else is there? He weighs, his blood pressure is 128 over 76, pulse rate of 69. Uh, he experiences occasional bouts of of gastro, I, so do I, acid reflux, which caused him to clear his, oh, that that's why they say he's constantly clearing his throat. But from what I understand, and may, this is, a, I think Biden and I have the same problems, which cause him to clear his throat often and may contribute to occasional cough and sinus congestion. The symptoms are typically exacerbated shortly after meals. Uh, the physician said he'll continue to take the acid blocker, Pepsid. Um, so he's, he, Biden's capable of serving four more years. Watch me do it, he said. They didn't report, they, they didn't report, and, and they... They had to have done this at his age. Um, they didn't report on the most most um, important thing for, for for Biden when it comes to a uh, a, a health exam, um, and that was the um, mental status exam. It, they they simply you mean a cognitive exam. Yeah, that they're simply yeah. not reporting no, that. No, of they're, course they're, they don't do they're it. They're talking. They're talking about peripheral nervous system. They're talking about um, um, uh, central nervous system with respect to motor and sensory stuff. But they aren't talking about mental status at all here. There's the, and, and that would be separate. That's a separate part of the very large uh, clinical exam that what that a neurologist would do, or 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 a physician would do in a sort of abbreviated form as a general practitioner would do a a sort of abbreviated. Form form of the neurological clinical exam that, that would typically be done by a neurologist. So um, it looks like they, they, they either skipped over, which would be um, gross negligence, um, or, or they're simply not reporting. Well, the, Donald Trump the, did a cognitive test. I don't know why Joe Biden doesn't do a cognitive exactly, test. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's a standard operating procedure for somebody that, that age. Well, so, actually, it was, the, it, was the, it was his, no, see, this is post, I thought so. He does, he said AFib for a while. This is an article written shortly after he took office uh, two years ago, and it says that he has H A A he has it. It's a common condition they say often seen in the elderly, um, so he has it. I don't it, I don't know how bad it is or how bad that can get, but he definitely has AFib. Yeah. So, so I was I was just wondering if it was a new diagnosis. The AFib was a new. No, diagnosis no, no. This because... was a couple of years. This is this is he's had it for yeah. a while he's because the, the, because the COVID vaccine has been associated. <clears throat> with atrial fibrillation, it, it um, irritates um, endometrial linings. How dare you, know, you tell the truth about the COVID vaccine? How dare yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you it, know, it, 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 yeah. By the way, the latest uh, is a twelve-year-old who died on the football field today. Twelve-year-old kid was not hit, was yeah. not tackled, was not touched, and just dropped yeah. dead on the football field. And and was really bad about this story is that no one. This is a this is a twelve-year-old on the football field, and no one, including the coaches, knew how to do CPR. Can you believe that? Oh my God! So he laid there for forty-five minutes. Oh my God! Yeah, yep. That 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 that, that life could potentially have been saved. Of course, of course. That is awful. I mean, it could, that's that's one of the that should be a requirement for anybody coaching um, uh, football or base baseball. I mean, definitely, or even or soccer or 
or wrestling so, or, you know, or well, they don't have boxing in schools, but um, if they made a point, any, any uh, if they, right. Or, if they made a point of how this jab is affecting kids, they should make it a law that these people need to know CPR. If you run a football team, if you're a coach, if you're a high school and you have a program where you run, everyone has to know CPR, especially now that we know that this jab has caused heart problems in young people, myocarditis and such. It, it should be a, a it should be a requirement. But on top yeah, of this, we're not right. asking the we're not asking the right questions here, Daniel. And over and over again, we're not. Yeah, well, you, know, you, the, you, the, you can't be a lifeguard. You can't well, be a, a 16 year old lifeguard at your neighborhood pool until you've passed. A, I think both parts of the the first two parts of the CPR um, certification exams. So, so not just the basic one. You have to pass the level two one again, which I can't remember what they call that. But I think you have to pass both of them to, to just be a, a lifeguard. How is it that a coach is is coaching without at least passing the, the first CPR test? It's um, that's just that's just unforgivable. Well, that's, and, that's and now, well, once again, we're not. We have people who will come out right away and say, oh, these the tragedies happen all the time, you anti-vaxxer. But why are they afraid to ask the simple question of all these young people? In other words, how about this? Anyone who dies, okay, anyone who dies at an unnatural age, okay, an unnatural age, why isn't the question being asked, was this person vaccinated or not? How many jabs did this person get? Why is that? So let's say, I'll, I'll just make up a number. Let's say there are 15 cases like this this week. Fifteen cases we know about where young people just die, unnatural causes, unnatural age. Why aren't they tracking? Why are they afraid to ask the simple question? Because, hey, look, maybe we'll find out that 90 percent of these kids never got a jab. Then they hey, then they can make their point. They're all full of shit. But see what they're afraid of. What they're afraid of is they'll find out that almost all of them, if not all of them, have gotten the jabs. You see, they don't want. But this is a this is a simple medical scientific question which should be asked especially since we know that the jabs have caused heart problems in that fucking age group well we should be asking a far bigger more general question and that is why is it that in the uk they are having excess death rates that are exceed that the number of excess deaths are exceeding those during the peak of the covid um, era why is that happening in the UK? So they're having more deaths, excess deaths from non-COVID deaths presently than they did during the height of the COVID era, or at least during, or at least average across the last three years. And why isn't that happening in the US? We, we, we have just as much obesity. We've had just as much problems with uh, people missing uh, health care um, exams, you know, with respect to, to um, uh, um, finding cancers, detecting cancers early, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We had the very same problems. What is going on in this country that we aren't seeing the same numbers as the UK? That makes me extremely suspicious. Absolutely. That makes, me think, that makes me think that yeah. those numbers are being buried. And they are being buried. There's no <laughs> Daniel. Numbers have been buried the last three years, right? Of course they have. But how do you bury? With, with, yeah, with COVID, how, how do you COVID, bury excess you know. deaths? That's 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 what's really freaking me out. I mean, I just can't imagine that the UK is having much, having that much of a different experience post COVID than we are. That's just simply impossible for me to believe. So how is it? Are, are they are they simply dragging their feet on reporting excess deaths? Is that what's going on? Or, or, or what? what? I, I, I really want somebody to, to, in 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 the 
not the legacy community because they, they're fucking mercenaries at this point for Pfizer. I want I really hope that somebody out there in the fifth estate a part part of journalism is um, investigating this right now and um, is going to tell us, you know, why is it that there's this disparity between the UK's experience post COVID and ours? Because something stinks. Of course it does. There's no doubt about it. Of course, there's a disconnect. And the fact of the matter is, is that uh, you you pretty much answer your own question, right? They don't want the numbers to come out there because they don't want their narrative destroyed, right? They don't want their narrative shattered. They don't. Once again. We're going to be proven right over and over again as the weeks and months and years go on. But I don't know. Do you take any joy in being proven right? You know what? I, I did this whole monologue, you know, about an hour ago about not really having any joy in being proven right about anything over and over again. I mean, I don't I, I don't take joy in it because of how much like that tweet I read that you sent me yesterday about the guy yeah. saying about, you know, standing up for what's right. And then when you realize it's like it's like pointing out. Like he said, basically, it was his analogy, like there's a gas chamber next to you and they're bringing children in like Hitler. And yeah. you're pointing out this is wrong. OK, it's 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 it, you're pointing out something's wrong. But so many people have been destroyed. You, you, you know, it's wrong. You know, it's hurting so many lives and you feel powerless. And, exactly. And that, and that is what hurts so much. And that is what causes so much. That's causing so much depression. And those people that were aware of these problems because they felt helpless. And that's that's not that's not a good that's not a good feeling. You know, you're, you're absolutely right. No joy and in, in being right. And, and I've got a, another experience similar to this in, in 2003 um, when I lived in New Mexico. I, I, I called up a conservative radio station there frequently to argue with them about the um, weapons of mass destruction claims in, in Iraq and the reasons for going in and, and that it was obviously all a lie. And um, and I remember saying to the, the host, I said, you know what the difference between you and I is? And he says, what? Say, I hope I'm wrong. Because if I am right, what our country is doing is absolutely disgusting. We are invading another country on trumped up for trumped up reasons. We're lying our way into a war. I will take no pleasure whatsoever in being right about this. And I feel the very same way with respect to the last three years. No pleasure whatsoever in being right because what happened and what I was not able to prevent and what you were not able to prevent and so many of us, despite trying, were not able to prevent was this grotesque thing that was that happened. And that and that's 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 it's awful. It's an awful place, to, awful space to be in in one's head. And, sure. and yes, yeah, so no delight whatsoever. I know. But there's always delight in your phone calls. Thanks, Daniel. I really appreciate it. Yeah. You're so, welcome. Have a good night. All right. <laughs> Oh, uh, let's see. Okay. Hey, Mike. All right. How's it going? Yeah, good. I missed the beginning of this, uh, most of this call, so I don't know if you've already covered this. I was going to ask, though, seeing as you're on this topic of um, trying to sort of, you know, issue warnings and um, being you know, ignored and marginalized and so on and so forth that, that you were just talking about, one of the parallels, I guess, is to look at post-Second World War what did, how did the German citizenry cope with having been a bunch of essentially Nazis, collaborators or mental prisoners to that regime? Because this is essentially where a very similar par or parallel to um, where we are today on COVID. You know, if, if people are slowly coming around to the idea that they've either been duped, they were ignorant, they were dumb, 
um, they didn't pay enough attention, whatever else, right? And they've gone and injected themselves. How receptive are they going to be to openly acknowledging their own personal shortcomings? I mean, because there's going to be a lot of people who simply do not want to ever talk about this again because they do not want to have to face the con or contemplate that they may be harboring medical issues now that they gave themselves. One of the ways of coping with this is to literally ignore it because there are other people who will be shitting themselves thinking, am I going to have a stroke sometime soon? Am I going to have a heart attack? You know, who, who, who took a vaccine wants to look at vaccineinjuries.to or ME, the Telegraph channel, where you're literally watching um, huge amounts of people reporting post-vaccine injury or death and including the repetitive, bizarre ways that people are dying from spontaneous heart attacks or um, this weird death spiral where people look over their shoulder in a really spasticated way their limbs start to freeze up then they rotate around in a weird corkscrew fall over and then basically have some kind of bizarre seizure and die right i mean if i'd taken these things that is the last stuff i would want to be looking at and if i'd injected my own children with it forced my kids to take this stuff right i i don't want to be talking to anyone who's going to be reminding me of this i'm just going to be trying to shut that out maybe not do it again and then get on with the rest of my day in the hope that none of my family die so you're not that's, you know that's yeah, where people are mentally and, and that's effect. part of and that's part of why i'm happy about the decisions i've made because now i don't feel that i'm a ticking time bomb you know and, mm. and and i feel i'm very happy about that every day i'm even happier about my decision that i made you know over two years ago and um and that i was right about that but once again it's that feeling i've i've, I've been talking about this show of being right about a lot of things but not really feeling good about it, not being in a told you so kind of a mood because there are so many people who have been harmed, right? I mean, mm -hmm. people we know. It's not like everyone I know didn't. I, I know several people who didn't get the jab, but I know several people who did. You know, I know several people who got all of them and will we'll continue to get them. You know, so that's the problem, right? It's like you're saying, oh, I told you so. You're going to get sick and die. I mean, it's a horrible thing to say, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's just, it's just, there's no joy in Mudville here with this whole thing. There really isn't, you know, and so many people have been harmed that, you know, it's not like, it's like a sporting event, right? Where you could say, I told you so your team was going to win or gambling. It's, it's a, it's a, this is a life and death thing. So, it, okay. You know, right. I know that this is going to sound slightly worse, right. And it's meant it's deliberate, right. And it's not reflective of necessarily my feelings, but it's an intellectual exercise. What if 25 years from now, Essentially, people who are who are still alive look back and go, you know what, this was for all of the wrong reasons, a mass culling of the human race, or it turned out to be that. Right. And over time, we generally work out that there's a number of corrupt forces. Some of them were purely ignorance based. Some of them were motivated by money and some of them were actually motivated in, in part by nefarious agendas that all tied together in some part and added up to essentially the world's worst medical experiment that killed, mm, let's say, uh, a third of roughly a third of the world's population who were vaccinated. It pretty much brought them to death within 10 years of taking this stuff. Right. So we're in a in a world that's now populated by maybe six billion people and also 
many of those people who are alive are now infertile, but not all of them. Like, let's say we're there within 25 years, right? It's possible that people will look back at, that, at this time and go, we can still find a net beneficial basis for having done that because by taking 3 billion people essentially out of, of the human race and by also curtailing the fertility of possibly another billion to 2 billion right on an on an intergenerational basis because i believe that the problems that the vaccine has created are also going to be found to be intergenerational on a fertility basis um people might look back at this and go you know what that leaves us with about a working population really of a rep reproducible working population of about 4 billion and so within th another 50 years we'll basically be down to a stable population of 5 billion right People might actually be able to rationalize to themselves that what the human race did to itself wasn't overall that net bad an outcome. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's mind blowing to even think about this, you know, and how this is going to be judged years from now and how it's going to be written in the history books. But we certainly know that if it's written by the people who write most of in our history books that are taught in schools, it's going to be whitewashed, right? It's going to be totally whitewashed. At the most, it'll be a foot. At the most, it'll be a footnote saying things like, "Well, as the science evolved, we learned there were a couple of mistakes made, right?" But it was all done for good reasons, right? It was all done to the great goodness of the heart of the people. They they were. It was a good faith effort. It was a good faith effort to deal with something we have not dealt with in a century. Or this this current you know this current generation's never had to deal with, right? So what do you expect? What do you expect? It's something this current generation's never had to deal with. Last time it happened was nineteen eighteen. These are all lies. It's ridiculous. But that's that's the way that's the way it'll be written if we allow these current people, these current left wingers to write the history books, you know, just like they want to look, 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 look what, what they want to rewrite history and say our country, the U.S. The U.S. started 150 years earlier and, you know, uh, and, and, and change all the history around Lincoln and, and all that and, and the uh, and the Civil War. These people want. If they haven't already written fake history, they want to rewrite real history and make it fake to their narrative. So at some point, Gator, we have to figure out how we're going to win that war. How are we going to win that battle and write this segment accurately so future generations understand what happened and can learn from it? How? Mm. I mean, how? Daniel. Daniel's asking... Um pointing out sure this you can do this if you don't care about human suffering and i would argue that most people don't care about mass human suffering as long as it doesn't happen to them this is why this is why people will 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 quote unquote democratically allow their government to inflict mass suffering on people who aren't them whether that's war in a foreign country sanctions on a foreign country deprivation or so harder forms of hard or soft power outside your borders or actually massive amounts of um the same inside your own borders you know as long as you're not in the victim group right how much do people really think about mass suffering it's not as much as people want to tell themselves there are there are good actors there are people who devote themselves in nice ways but the majority don't and the majority allow and tolerate their governments to do these things. I mean, one of the, I've, I've tried to point this out, and people don't get this. People don't like me reducing this issue down to such a simple thing. But what this, what COVID shows you, 
is on a very fundamental basis, the entire mechanism of human capability in genetic engineering is totally unchecked. That's the core issue here. The, the virus could not have been created and the vaccines could not have been created and deployed if genetic engineering was correctly, transparently and tightly regulated. Yep. Because you wouldn't have been able to do all of these things at such high speed in such secrecy um, with, with, with a totally ignorant population who, who, have, who are even rejecting educated people and people who have got the receipts saying, hey, look, this, isn't the, this narrative that you've been told isn't what you think it is. They're still literally ignorant people. And this is the majority are not stupid, but they're willfully ignorant, rejecting evidence that shows them that this is a man-made environment, totally man-made political construct, right? If, if you're dealing with populations at that level of stupidity, and I make no bones about using those words, right? Then, then really you can get to a point where the ruling classes who have that much contempt for human re the human race can put themselves into a position where they use terms like useless eaters and cattle and then actually go around treating humans like those labels. And that's partly what is happening here. Yeah, now, absolutely. you know, absolutely. as cruel as this sounds, right? And I don't firmly believe this, but I'm prepared to ask the question to make people wonder if you are part of the population that allows yourself, puts yourself into this position through your own learned ignorance, exactly what you deserve from your leaders. You deserve whatever your leaders are willing to give you, which is nothing. Uh that yes i guess so i mean once again i talked about you know leading in the show i don't think you were listening at the time but i was talking about the ohio explosion and and uh and the idea of how these people are electing these people to uh, people in ohio people in east palestine are electing people to protect them right they're electing mm. people to protect them and to tell them the truth to make sure what's the most fundamental things that politicians can do is protect their, their constituents right the air quality the water and they've been lied to they've been yeah. lied to you know, and and of course we have you know, like I said, social justice warriors out there, like you know Greta Thunberg, and you know, they won't say a word about this. They won't say a word about this because it goes against their narrative of the pipelines being the, the disaster to the environment. No, the disaster to the environment is when you now you might not be able to understand this in in uh, in London in England because you have real train travel there. But you know we have train <laughs> tracks. We have we have train tracks here from like eighteen twenty. You know. You could do a surgically only Western with the train, the same, the same Western, the same tracks from the surgically only time period mm -hmm. when he was doing Westerns and the Westerns were set in the, you know, in the 1800s. And we have this unholy combination of these chemicals, right, being transported on these incredibly old train tracks. And there have been just five derailments here like the last week, Gator, five mm -hmm. derailments in the last week. And you don't hear about that stuff in, in your neck of the woods. Um, but. The fact of the matter is, this is the real this is the real environmental disaster, right? This is yeah. a this is a, this is a true, real, real world environmental disaster. Yet they'll continue to talk about, oh, pipelines are dangerous, and evil empire, and gas and oh, fire, you know, gas and oil with their pipelines, and get rid of the pipeline, don't allow the pipeline. Let's let's be virtue yeah. let's, virtue signal and and protest the pipelines. 
but they won't talk about this. You see, they won't they won't go there and help these people who are living in the middle of this fucking disaster now and have to deal with this horrible air and water. And who knows, once again, just like the Vaxxers Gator, not knowing what's going to happen to their health 5, 10, 15 years down the line from drinking this water, bathing in the water and breathing in that air. Right. So, like you said, the politicians do nothing for them. Right. They elect them to do something. To do something. It reminds me of that meme with this with the stick figure with the stick pushing it, saying, Hey, something, do something. And they do nothing. And they do nothing. So it's 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 at a point of where it's really difficult to have any faith in our elected leaders at this point, right? Yeah, I mean, um my understanding of like the chemical output, vinyl chloride, burn which is carcinogenic, which when burnt essentially creates high, 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 um, hydrochloric acid in addition to phosgene um, and a number of other chemicals, right? Now, in coping with that, an execut- a rapid executive decision was made to set fire to it all, right? Okay, so, 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 so somebody didn't consider, well, this leads you down the dioxin pathway, which is utterly toxic. Right, but we're, we're going to do it anyway. Obviously, somebody ha- somebody has to be held accountable for that decision and show the the rationale for the in transparency of how you calculate risk reward based upon that chemical those chemical reactions, right? And 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 there's there was a live town hall that I kind of I, on YouTube. I only scanned a bit um, just out of curiosity, and I just happened to find a position where this super fat guy in a big blue polo shirt who turned out to be connected to officialdom and the corporation was declaring to this room of people, Hey, uh, look, when you get home and da, 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 there's going to be a check for a thousand dollars turning up. Right. And then he kind of paused as if he was expecting sort of some kind of yay. And then just this voice went, I couldn't, I couldn't hear exactly what they said, but they objected, but basically saying, this is just a, essentially something like that's a crock of shit. This is not about a thousand dollars. And he went, Oh no, look, I'm not saying that's the final amount or anything. That's just because you've had to stay out of town. And it's like this guy, the fact that this guy even floated this right initially is tells you the corruption of the mentality. The last thing you want to be telling people, the last thing on the list is, and by the way, there's a grand here to cover your immediate out of pocket expenses. That's the last thing you tell them. The first thing you need to tell these people is, the reason why we're telling you it's safe is because here's all the extensive level of testing we've done. This is all the constant live monitoring we're doing. And here's how you can check X, Y, and Z. Or you, you know what? If you don't feel safe, no matter what we tell you, we are going to be prepared to pick up the bill in, you know, and you can go as far away as you want. And for the time being, we're picking up the bill. That's what you tell people in a situation like this. You don't fucking say to them, don't worry, there's a $500 check. Don't worry, there's just $1,000. Like, nobody's going to fall for that. This is like, this is the most fundamental attack on a, on a person's well-being. Your house is fucked. The entire surrounding area is fucked. And things are apocalyptically dying around where you live. So under no circumstances would any right-minded person believe for a second that it is safe to return to your house. Right. That's how Absolutely. mad this is. I agree. Gator, thank, thank you for the call. I really appreciate thank it. Thank you. As always, thanks. Thumbs up. You give, give Gator many, many thumbs up. I did want to quickly go into a couple of uh, uh, Nikki Haley things. So, you know, Nikki Haley has announced she's running, right? 
So I feel like I have to talk about it. I mean, she announced very early. So now we have Trump and Haley, right? Um, uh, my knight in shining armor, DeSantis, hasn't decided yet. But he doesn't really have to until, you know, maybe, what, April or May. But, so, uh, you know, I don't like Nikki Haley at all. To me, she's boring. She's dull. She's milquetoast. Um, she's trying to present herself as, you know, the young female, you know, as a Republican using identity politics, which I, which I shit on just as much as a Democrat does it. Um, so she's talking about, you know, I'm a woman, I'm young, woman, young, new generation. That's, that, that's her, that's her thing. That's going to be her narrative, right? Young, female, new generation. Okay. So I'm doing a little investigation and I don't know if any, I'm sure everyone does. If you're on Twitter, I'm sure you all follow Cat Turd, right? At Cat Turd too, with the little with the, the animation of that cat with the with the glasses on, and Cat Turd has become very popular, very popular, basically just from Twitter. But whatever, it's the 21st century. That's that's 21st century popularity. But Cat Turd is very very conservative and very funny, and so Cat Turd puts up um, flyer from an event that Nikki Haley hosted. Um, a couple of months ago. Well, it's dated Monday, November 14th. And what Cat Turd is saying is Nikki Haley was requiring, the event anyway, was requiring proof of vaccine, proof of vaccine to get in to see Nikki Haley. So I looked at the date, Monday, November 14th, and a couple of sleuths on Twitter looked up Monday, November 14th, figuring, now this would be bad enough, figuring this was 2021, right? Nope. This was just a few months ago, folks. This was Monday, November 14th. 2022, even after the, the midterm election. And it says COVID-19 policy, proof of COVID-19 vaccination, along with valid photo ID required for entry. Masks are no longer required, but available for those who request. So now people will say to me, well, the venue, the ve no, 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 no. Nikki Haley had every, every, every right to say, I'm not doing this. You're not making money. It was only 10 bucks, but $18. It was a book. She was So she's promoting a book, right? Is that what she's doing? Yeah. Ask a woman leadership lessons from Ambassador Nikki Haley. Once again, making it all about her sex, her gender, woman. Okay. So pushing a book for 18 bucks or just 10 bucks if you wanted to go to the event. So she's making money off of it, right? She's making money off it. And I'm sure they were making some money off of it. So she was very capable of saying, I'm not doing this. If we have a COVID-19 vaccine, once again, 2021 would be enough. This was two to three fucking months ago. Three months ago. So she's full of shit. And this is something I was wondering about Nikki Haley. Did you ever hear her say anything over three years about COVID policy? I know she wasn't an active politician like Ron DeSantis was. But did she say anything about COVID policy, about COVID mandates, about lockdowns, about anything? Did she ever come out against it? Did she ever protest it? Did she ever signal her protest for it? I don't remember saying a fucking thing about COVID. In fact, I haven't even heard from her until two weeks ago. So I knew she was full of shit, and this proves she was full of shit. Would Ron DeSantis have done an event where he had to have a COVID-19 vax to get in? Of course not. But she didn't care. It was an event for her. She was about to announce she's going to run for the Hakka book. And so she didn't care that people had to have COVID-19 vaccine three months ago to get in. So goodbye, Nikki Haley. I didn't like you from the start, and I certainly don't like you now. However, however, I have to defend her a little bit now, as crazy as it sounds. Um, Don Lemon, you know, everyone know Don Lemon? 
Don Lemon on CNN. So Nikki Haley is obviously, as I said, her narrative is going to be that basically, as I've said, the old people have been in the White House too long, right? You had Trump, now you have Biden, now you have Biden and Trump again, blah, blah, blah. And it's time for younger leadership. And I agree. Ron DeSantis is what, 43, 44? He qualifies. Um, but she wants to make it about herself, right? She's young, female, new generation of leadership, new ideas, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So <laughs> Don Lemon went on CNN and actually said, that she is not in her prime. Women are not, a woman her age is not in her prime. That's what he said. This, these are the exact comments he made. The exact comments he made were, uh, well, the crew had been discussing Nikki Haley on CNN, him and his morning crew had been discussing Haley's recent announcement, she'll run for president, in which she called for mental competency tests. I agree with that. Mental competency tests for politicians over 75. I I have no problem with mental comp. Maybe she's saying that because she's on this. I think you can do a mental competency test for everyone running for president. Many took the suggestion as a shot against Donald Trump, 76, and Biden, 80. So this is what Don Lemon said. All the talk about age makes me uncomfortable. I think it's wrong to go down that road. First of all, he's full of shit. It's not wrong to go down that road, okay? She, she says politicians or something are not in their prime. Yes. Recent presidents she was alluding to were not in their prime, and they're not. Nikki Haley isn't in her prime. Sorry. When a woman's considered to be in her prime in her 20s and 30s, maybe 40s, the show's co-host, Poppy Harlow, quickly interjected, telling Lemon to wait, and asked a couple of times, prime for what? Oh, that's not according to me. It's just like prime. If you look it up, Lemon responded. Uh, when a woman's in her prime, you can Google it. It says 20s, 30s, and 40s. I'm not saying I agree with that. As Lemon went on to further question, caution against Haley's comments about politicians and age, Hollow returned to his prime comment asking, are you talking about prime for childbearing or prime for being president? I'm just saying what the facts are, Lemon retorted, this time asking everybody at home through their own Google search about a woman's prime. The subject resurfaced an hour later when commentator Audie Cornish joined the show. Cornish and Lemon's prime remark said Lemon's prime remark referred to a woman's reproductive years and not mental health or aging, according to ABC News. She's in a prime for running for office, Cornish said of Haley. Political prime is what we're talking about. A CNN spokesman referred to the Times, London. So anyway, uh, then he had to apologize. And CNN said he'll be off the air tomorrow. Who knows? It's, this guy is such a fucking idiot. She's such an idiot. First of all, he's a moron for saying age doesn't matter. That it's not the it's, it's the wrong so it's the wrong road to go down to say that uh, Diane Feinstein would have been fine. It's not a point to make that if she decided to run for Senate at ninety, that would take her to ninety six. That's not a point to make. There's no point there. It's ridiculous. Once again, it's about mental and physical competency, and that goes. I don't know about Lemon's ridiculous comment about a woman being her prime until forty or whatever he said forty five. But I do know that mental and physical, physical health and mental competency certainly do decline at 80 and 90. I'm sure of it. I'm sure you can Google that. And there's a lot of facts regarding that. In fact, I'm 51 and my mental and physical capacity has declined. <laughs> so I know at 80, there's certainly some decline there. Just to say not to go down that road is so disingenuous, woke garbage. 
But then to follow it up with saying, well, look at Nikki Haley. She's not in her prime. Come on. Come on. There's a difference between 45 and 80. If you don't think there's a difference physically or mentally between 45 and 80, you're a fucking idiot. And Don Lemon, of course, is a fucking idiot. So I have to back up Nikki Haley. Once again, I'm not into Nikki Haley's, uh, you know, uh, narrative that she's going to talk about for the next fucking year plus, which is that young generation. She's a woman, young, new, new ideas, young, new ideas, young. I don't <laughs> I want to hear more than that. And I certainly can never back her when she just was at an event three months ago asking for vaccine passports to get in. What horseshit? What horseshit from a Republican? Nah. Aloha. Aloha and the steel guitar. Okay. Let me see if there's anything else. I'm going to be miserable until Ron DeSantis announces he's running. I'm going to be miserable because now we got Biden, Trump, and now this woman. I mean, come on. We've got uh, Nikki's 51. She's my age, right? She's 51. But it's like, uh, here, here's more bad news. Bruce Willis diagnosed with a, Bruce Willis, Bruce is only 67, right? Bruce Willis is 67. And now he's been, it's been announced that his condition is getting worse. He was diagnosed with aphasia last year, but now he's suffering from a form of dementia, specifically frontotemporal dementia, FTD. So if this is going to, if this happens to an otherwise healthy, active 67 year old, it's certainly not out of the, it's not out of the line to talk about these things being important if someone's 75, 80, 85 years old. That's not an issue. It's, 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 it is an issue. It's, it's not an issue to talk about that. It's, it's legit to talk about that. It's legit to talk about that. And it's certainly legit to ask someone running for office that high to get some kind of a, a cognitive test, a mental cognitive competency test. But, uh, you know, I, I will argue that anyone running for, for president should because Bruce Willis is 67. Let's say Bruce Willis or someone in Bruce Willis's condition decided to run for president. Oh, well, they're 67, so they don't have to have this test. No, I think everyone running for that kind of office should have to have this test. I mean, you know, you can have come on, you can have Alzheimer's at my age, right? You can have you can have aphasia at any age. So. Yes, on the mental competency, on, on the on that competency test, but a cognitive uh, mental competency test is what they call it. But I think it should be all age. The age shouldn't matter. The age shouldn't matter. And if you're 50 years old or 60 years old, you should have no problem believing you're going to, you know, pass it in flying with flying colors. Right. So just take the damn test. Take the damn test. OK, is there anything else I wanted to cover I feel bad about Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis is such a great actor, you know, really a great actor. Um, and see, F, F, just once again, just finishing on FTD is a cruel disease many of us have never heard of and can strike anyone. For people under 60, FTD is the most common form of dementia. So this is a, a form of dementia you can easily get if you're in your 50s or, or younger. And because getting diagnosis can take years, FTD is much more like much more prevalent than we know. Today, there are no treatments for disease. In reality, we can only hope changes in the years ahead. As this condition advances, um, you know, it, it, it looks like this is something that's one of those diseases that's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. So that's that's unfortunate.
But once again, proof that this can to anybody at any age, you know. Okay. All right. I think uh, who called today? I want to thank I want to thank Daniel for calling. I want to thank Gator for calling and uh, everyone else listening, Mike and Murphy's and everyone else. You know, if you want to call in sometime, you'd be welcome. I'm not going to bite your head off. Unless you say something that annoys me, then I might bite your head off. But you know what? Life is about challenges. Life is about taking risks. But I want to thank everyone for listening. And I want to remind everyone that the name of this show is Unless Be Heard. It airs weeknights, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern. All right. Um, So Monday night through Friday night, 11 p.m. Pacific, 2 a.m. Eastern time, right here on the Call In Network. And once again, this is Mike Cachopoli reminding you that your influence counts. Use it.